this is Robert Picardo, the holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager and Commander Woolsey from Stargate Atlantis. If I only get in Star Wars someday, I will have made the trifecta. And you're listening to Neil Before Pod, because you are smart. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. And welcome to another Poketastic edition of Neil Before Pod, the podcast that caught them all back in the day. I'm your host Craig, and we're here to discuss the first Pokemon live-action translation, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. So with me on this Pokemon journey is Chris, my best friend in a world we must defend. Hello, Chris. Hello. I chose you. And you're Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I can only say Chris, Chris for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> And I just have to nod along as if I'm agreeing. Yeah, just just yeah. to understand. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> we do also have a special guest for this podcast. Oh. Yes. We are joined by none other than Pikachu. Say hello, Pikachu. Pikachu. Hi, Pikachu. Pikachu says hello. What was the, the journey like getting up here today? Pikachu. Pikachu. Really? <laughs> what, they fully booked it again, even in first class? First class, really? God, that is unbelievable. Calm down, I don't have that many sound clips. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, sound clips? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be hearing from him again. (laughs) We'll be hearing from Pikachu for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) He's ran out of things to say. Uh, Meanwhile, Craig, what's that that you're you're crowded around? Like, like, Like... You've you've come in wearing this this outfit and you've got like some sort of championship belt on, some sort of Pokemon championship belt. I mean that's huge. I've never seen you wearing that before. And all those trophies in the background. <laughs> well, that's something we'll get onto a bit later on. <laughs> However, first of all, we'll step out of the uh, Pokemon sphere and uh, or the Pokeball perhaps, uh, and discuss our Neil before rise against. You know, we're bringing back that segment. We didn't have it on our previous podcast, which would be Endgame, because there's so much to talk about. And there may be another Endgame panel. Who knows? Except me. Maybe Pikachu will be there. Hey, Pikachu. Pikachu! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so you may go first. What are you kneeling before? Uh, I am kneeling before a reboot that I don't do very often, but I kind of want to see it. So they're doing a new version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh which <laughs> was such a stupid film when I watched it the first time round that I'm now like, okay, I'm, I'm up for a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot. Why not? D- Disney are finally rebooting live action, live action. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's just go for that. <laughs> I can't wait for the reboot of the live action Aladdin. <laughs> uh, it's going to be the best of the Aladdins. Any more details? Is that it? Uh, it's just that they're doing it again? Yeah, they're just doing it again. It's going to be with uh, Josh Gad. Yeah, uh, on it, and it <laughs> he likes Disney. I suppose he's, he does. He's so Disney problem. you know, he's doing a lot of stuff. So um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, you're not selling me on this. Already, <laughs> but you know, people like stories about people shrinking. I suppose that's why the Ant Man films were so popular. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've probably already got the special effects and animation sorted. They just need to sort of take out the uh, Ant Man suit. Yeah. It'll just cut to Paul Rudd randomly. 
He's not in this film. It's just going to be lots of people being taken out by Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, they might do some of that. There'll be loads of Disney properties, giant cuddly toys and stuff. Yeah, I I suppose it might be okay for families and stuff. But you're not selling me on it. It's got Josh Gad in it and they're making it, so I'm not that excited. But fair enough. If you want to see it, then more power to you. So my Neil Before is very recent. Uh, I watched John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum and absolutely loved it. It's possibly the gold standard or what should be the gold standard of Western action films. Um, It's just insane. Beautifully choreographed, brilliantly suspenseful, unspeakably violent, which is something I don't really go for. Uh, There's a couple of scenes in it that I was like, ugh. But, yeah, couldn't fault it, really. Um, I love the John Wick films. The first two are really good, and this third one is is definitely worth seeing. Um, Get down to the cinema and watch it, because it's... it, it has to be seen, it be believed, in some cases. So John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, is what I'm kneeling before. A good choice, I believe, because I've read lots of good stuff about it. I've not seen it myself yet. I wanted to see it, but I wasn't able to get there in time. So, um, yeah, I'll de- it's definitely on my to-do list. Yeah, make it a, make it a priority. Oh, yeah, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll put it high. Yeah. So, that's it. Nothing more to say about that, really, other than I really liked it, and there might be a review if I ever get around to it. Uh, life keeps finding a way, as Jeff, as Jeff Goldblum would sort of say. <laughs> so, rise against. What are you rising against? Well, people will remember, I think it was the last time I did a kneel before rise against section, that I was uh, kneeling before the fact that Game of Thrones was coming back, and I was really, really excited. Do you remember that? That was only a few podcasts ago. Well, oh my God, it's arrived, and what have they done? Uh, <laughs> I've been really disappointed in this season. Um, it's yeah, it's kind of burned all of the bridges with me. Um, excuse the pun uh, for this this season. It's just there's just been lots of sort of character arc stuff that I've just not understood and decisions that I'm a bit wary of. Uh, now to be aware that we're recording this before the final final episode. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah majorly disappointed in it. Really, really annoyed. I've not quite gone as far as far as signing the petition. I think there's been about five hundred thousand fans that are have signed the petition to uh, demand a season eight remake uh, using competent directors and competent writers. Oh, for God. Yeah, I heard <laughs> yeah. about that. Uh, which is a bit. Petition- you won't find this petition in the show notes because get a grip. Yeah, like, it's I'm I'm disappointed in it, but at the same time I'm like, listen, I'm not going to go as far as as write a petition to go. What what have you done? Go go back and remake it because that's going to come of nothing. Okay, and to be fair, see the thing is, Game of Thrones. I have really enjoyed, really really liked it. There's been some really good standout episodes. This final season does not ruin all of that at all. It's just simply a bit of a disappointing ending for it, in my opinion. But um, but it's got one episode to go, which means that they could just absolutely tie it up with a beautiful ribbon in the very, very end, and then I will be really happy. If not, you will still hear my gnashing of teeth in the distance. So do you think the, the downturn in quality has to do with... Um, has to do with essentially making the film with... Cliff notes to a book that hasn't been written yet. 
I think there's I think there's been a slight sort of downturn when they've had to to walk away from the source material and sort of come up with their own ending. As much as apparently George R. R. Martin sort of gave them the the cliff notes and went, yeah, this is this is you know what's going to happen towards the end. I I think that because they had sort of put people off in different directions in the first place, they they won't be able to realise that fully. And I don't know if it was their decision to use six episodes to wrap it up, whether it was HBO's choice or or someone else's. It just seems a bit a bit rushed. Um, I think if we had got to all the points that we've seen in these uh, six episodes, but with a couple of bits in the middle to explain decisions and to let stuff settle, then I think it would be fine. But the, the episodes I've seen so far, it seems like there's at least one episode missing in the middle of each one. Oh, right. um, to sort of let stuff settle, let characters come to the conclusions that they do. Um, stu- stupid stuff like that, to be honest. And mm-hmm. it's it's me being a bit picky, like I am on some of the TV shows, but I just think it's a li- been a little bit disappointing for me. Um, uh, I know that there's other people that feel the same. I know that there's other people who have actually completely loved this season, not had a problem with it, don't understand what the, what the grumbles and gripes are. So... Um, Everyone's opinion is valid, though. Indeed. Um, well, I mean, there are some opinions that are objectively not valid, <laughs> but we'll go into that. But yeah. Um, sharing bloody petitions to make, get people to remake stuff. Yeah. It's, like, it's the remake The Last Jedi movement. It's the release the Snyder Cut movement. It's this, like... You know what? As much as you get invested in this stuff, right, it is just a TV show. Oh yeah, I mean you know, that, that's that's the thing. It's it's been it's been a phenomenon. Everyone's built up a load of load of hype around it to sign a petition. I don't know what the people signing the petition are actually expecting. Are they signing it because they genuinely think that it would get remade, or are they signing it because it sort of gets it out of their system? They've they've made their objections known, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So HBO are going to spend like three four hundred million dollars remaking six episodes <laughs> just because. People didn't like them. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not going to happen. And you know, the writers, directors, everything—they've they've all moved on. They're already working on new projects, all of them. So yeah. it's not—it's—it's it's not that this is going to tarnish their reputations in any way. It's—it's it's just people's opinions at the end of the day. And I think it is always difficult. Like final seasons of TV shows are very difficult, especially when they know it's the final season, because I think sometimes they have this overwhelming urge to sort of tie everything up and it just seems really rushed. Or even when they get sort of, oh, we'll give you one extra episode at the end of your season since you didn't know you were going to finish. We'll give you one episode. Yeah. And then they do these episodes which are just, you know, the villain gets defeated or everyone has a change of heart or it was all a dream or it was, you know, there's there's all those things that happen and you go, what? (laughs) Hang on, why did you even do that episode? Just, just, just let it finish, you know. Yeah, but just think, back in the day, we used to like accept terrible finales and just move on with our lives and get on <laughs> with it. You know, remember the the debacle of the the Star Trek Enterprise finale, which was a crappy mm. TNG holly, holodeck episode where, you know, they tried to convince us that Jonathan Frakes was 15 years younger, when, you know, <laughs> he's not 15 years younger. All respect to Mr. Frakes. He's yeah, not, what, what, he was it not that age. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. It was a holodeck simulation. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. yeah. And, it's... <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but we all accepted the finale was crap and then moved on, you know, and there was no petitions at that point. And there's, I mean, it's just, yeah, just I, accept it. I, I think it's just because of the way that, that fandom works now with online and Twitter and Facebook groups and discussion groups and all these sorts of things that weren't quite as available at those sort of times for people to, you know, your protest would be known amongst your friends that watches the TV show and maybe you'd write an angry letter to the TV network of your choice uh, demanding or, or complaining, you know. But no one else would know, whereas now everyone has a voice immediately and can fling a hashtag on it and speak to other like-minded folk. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, there could possibly be a podcast, assuming we could pull together at least one other contributor. Unless you could. fancy monologuing for two hours. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I could. It, would just, it wouldn't be monologuing. It would more be sort of ranting uh, for two hours. I mean, maybe Pikachu maybe two and a half. Uh, <laughs> won't you, Pikachu? Pikachu! He says he doesn't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> so... <laughs> But you know, he doesn't watch Pokemon either. He, he, he doesn't. He doesn't watch it. it. You, you didn't watch it, Pikachu. But you signed the petition anyway. Well, that's just silly. That's it's just, just a little Pikachu paw print on the on the petition. <laughs> just, it's like, well, we Rebel. can't accept that. There's no address on this. Yeah, invalid. Uh, okay, my rise against is Disney have released a clip from the upcoming Aladdin reboot or remake, live-action remake, of Will Smith singing the Prince Ali song. And, oh my God, it's dreadful. It's just, (laughs) yeah, it's bereft of charm, bereft of charisma. It just doesn't look good. He doesn't sound good. It looks like what I imagine, you know, these X-Factor performances on a Saturday night are like, um, or you know one of the Eurovision acts that you laugh at. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't watch X Factor, but you know I do watch Eurovision, which is uh, this weekend as we're recording, or three weeks ago as of when I get it published. Uh, but yeah, it just comes across like that, and and it's like Disney, what are you doing? Why did you cast Will Smith? These and why are you taking him down this Robin Williams esque route? It seems based on the trailers and stuff. I don't know. See, my thing about the casting Will Smith is like I I don't know who they could put. Like whoever they put in that role, I I don't think people would give them an easy time of it at all. Dwayne Johnson, you can do Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, but <laughs> I don't know. Like like you say. It, it, I think it's 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 a classic, and just this this thing just seems to have been completely wrong footed from the start. Everything they've released, or a lot of what they've released, people have just instantly went, "Oh, what have you done?" You know, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't seem to have the anticipation of "Oh, I really really want to see this." It just seems to have a lot of people going, "What have you done to a classic?" You know, why did you feel the need to do this? Could we not get the Prince Ali Fresh Prince style rap? I mean that would be different. Do do a do a different twist on it, yeah. I mean just just do something with it. I mean, like we've said with a lot of these, I think I've I've risen against quite a few of these live action reboots as well. It's um if if you're gonna do it, do something different with it. Do something creative with yeah. it. If you're just gonna recreate it shot by shot, scene by scene, don't bother. We've got one already. You, you we don't need a second one that's got better graphics. Yeah, but they know that the money will be made, so no one cares. 
Yeah, yeah, there'll, there'll be, be money made, but then what does it do to the? You know, it doesn't destroy the original. That's that's being a bit dramatic, but you know what I mean. It kind of taints it a little bit. No, don't don't you know that uh, on the release of Aladdin, uh, Disney are going to send guys around to your house to destroy your DVD or Blu-ray or <laughs> copy of the original? They almost be handed in at the door. Yeah. That that being said, I, I knelt before the Honey I Shrunk the Kids reboot at the beginning, yeah. so I, I kind of feel that I, I don't have any rights to comment. So you have to take whatever copy you've got of the original Aladdin and take it down to the furnace. I'll I'll I'll, I'll do it on bulk with my uh, copy of The Lion King and Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, I'll just take all my Disney stuff down. All of it. All of it's gone. Except for the MCU, they've not quite rebooted that yet. Apart from Emperor's New Groove, if they touch Emperor's New Groove, I will be having words. <laughs> no, I've not seen that one. So, what? Yeah, yeah, I haven't. Believe oh. it or not, there was a time where I was think where I didn't watch any Disney films because I'm like, nah, these are just cartoons for kids. And now, Hello. I'm, like, <laughs> now I'm like, now I'm like, bugger off, kids! I'm watching this. Yeah, this Toy is our story, Pikachu movie. Be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us on naturally to our topic of the evening. <laughs> what is your personal history with Pokemon? So, were you into it as a child? Did you play the games? Did you buy the overpriced and pointless trading cards? Did you have plushies? Or did you just not care about it and were you too into, I don't know, Digimon instead? I like no, Digimon. See, see, Digimon, Digimon, my sister was into Digimon, whereas I was more about Pokemon. So, I collected the overpriced cards, as you put it, because uh, my friends at school were collecting the, the, the cards at the time. And also, um, Pokemon was my pretty much my only reason for having a Game Boy at the time as well, so that I could play on that. So it was, uh, yeah, that was my sort of thing. And then there was the cartoons and odd bits on telly as well. So got to see all that. That was my that was my sort of Pokemon experience, sort of trying to trade off uh, what I deemed rubbish Pokemon with my friends, so that I could try and get something better. Uh, understanding the uh, trying to fight with the cards and stuff wasn't quite my thing, but using the Game Boy stuff, I was all for, all for that. Yeah, I was a huge fan back in the day. Huge, huge fan. And I wasn't really into the trading cards, although I did have some of them. I even had one or two rare ones. I don't know where they are now. Um, they apparently fetched a lot of money, but I think those were just schoolyard rumours because they probably didn't. They're pieces of card. I mean, let's get a grip. But um say that, people will pay a lot for stranger things, so... Uh, I don't know. It'll be it'll be one of these things that years and years and years and years will need to pass before the cards actually become of any value whatsoever. The rare cards, yeah. But then what will happen is because the rare cards were known to be rare, people will have kept them safe, and then the the lesser the lesser cards will suddenly become actually rare because people yeah. just flung those ones in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh look at this, um, you know, this uh, I don't know, the psychic attack card. <laughs> it's really rare, even though it's just a picture of a symbol. Uh, yeah, the trading card game, I didn't play it. I did try to learn how to play it, but it seemed a bit too complicated for me. I don't know, I didn't put an awful lot of time into it, to be fair, but uh, I wasn't that into it. But the Game Boy games, when I first got my Game Boy, I had three games, Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, and Centipede. Because I was bought Centipede as a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was alright. I mean, it's an arcade shooter. It was, you know... It was no Pokemon, but yeah, I was I was obsessed with it through early high school, just you know playing it in the schoolyard with my friends, um, trading Pokemon, battling Pokemon, catching them all. I did catch them all. 
I got to see that rubbish certificate that you, that's the only <laughs> thing you get for catching them all. It's like, oh, congratulations, here it is. And it's like, well done, Craig, you've collected 150 Pokemon. Nice work. Please nice redeem this voucher at the end to get several years of your life back. <laughs> yeah. no, that's never happening. Um, 151, actually. I managed to get all 151. Well, I had to cheat to get the, the last one. Because there's no way to actually catch Mew in the game. That's another story. Uh, also, when I was, I don't know, 13, 14, I entered a local tournament. Uh, and uh, the, so that's was, what the championship belts for. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, I was the Pokemon battle regional champion of Falkirk and Stirling for what which is in Scotland for those that don't know. Um Central Scotland actually, for those that don't know. Uh for whatever year that was. I can't remember what year it was exactly. But yeah, I dominated, absolutely defeated everybody that was that taking all comers. Absolutely d- demolished them. So if anyone's listening who I, you know, humiliated on that day, I do apologize. But I'm not available for a rematch. I'm a retired master. That's it. <laughs> Retiring champion. Yeah. <laughs> I think I fell out of the franchise in about... Around about when Gold came out. I did have Pokemon Gold, but I was far from interested in it. So I just got... It just got to the point where I was... I was nonplussed by the whole thing again. And, you know, it's one of those things that I look back on favourably. But And um, I have got, like an emulator with Pokemon Fire Red on my phone that I will dip into from time to time. But beyond that, it's one of those, you know, it's a happy childhood memory that I, that I don't resent. And it's not one of those things, you know, where some people grow up and they're like, no, I never liked that crap. I'm like, no, I loved Pokemon, still do. Um, so the fact that they brought it to life in Detective Pikachu uh, is something that really excited me. And we'll get on to that, I guess. Yeah. Anything else to say about your love of Pokemon? No, no. Just, just like you, it was just like it was at the time. It was just an absolute phenomenon. It just suddenly ended up absolutely everywhere. And like you say, it just you know naturally over time just sort of you grew even out disenchanted of it. with. It. Yeah, yeah, you kind of grew out of it, and there was other stuff that then gets your attention, and you just kind of move away from it. But yeah, the, the, the seeing the the films kind of brought back memories. Yeah. So what did you think of Detective Pikachu? Um, do you know what? No spoilers. I, no spoilers at this bit. Um, I liked it. I think it's um, it's a good film. It has its flaws. It has bits that make you hit your head off the table several times. However, it is just an enjoyable watch for someone that's got that nostalgia kick about Pokemon. Um, it's a good watch. It owes it, its good point, mostly, I would say, to Ryan Reynolds and also the amazing job that the, the sort of graphic designers and the, the artists have done to actually bring the Pokemon to life. I think that's the thing that, that saves it uh, from being an absolute mess, um, I would say. I, I would give it, if, yeah, I know we don't really do sort of star ratings and we do sort of out of tens and stuff. I would say it's, it's like the most free star thing uh, ever. You know, it, it's it's kind of bob on that point for me where, yes, I, I would totally recommend it. Um, definitely for people that have got the nostalgia kick for Pokemon, but uh, if if you've not got that, that touch base with it, you might still enjoy it, but maybe not as much. Yeah, I would. Um, I haven't written my review yet, 
Although I would probably push it to a fourth star. Ooh, I think. Okay. I think. Yeah, I think you're right that it is a three star experience. But like, my fourth star will go because of the way that it just it dug into that kind of special part of me that remembers imagining what this would be like and bring it. You know, and it brings it to life. It just digs into that, and I think. You know, I think they were aiming for that. I think the the beauty of this film is it appeals to everyone who has had any sort of interest in Pokemon. So you've got people like me and you that played Gen 1, as it was known at the time. Well, mm. it wasn't known at the time, it was just Pokemon. But now it's Gen 1. You know, Gen 1, which is red, blue, and later yellow. Uh, Gen 2, gold, silver, and later, I think, platinum? Yeah, let's go with that. And so on. Uh, I don't know the rest of them. I know black and white is one. God knows what you have to do with that. But I think there's about like 800 Pokemon now or something. So that's like, yeah, who's going to catch all of them? Yeah. If you have caught all of them, make yourself known. I will be impressed. You'll get a shout out on the next podcast. In, in, in fact, Pikachu will, will give you a shout out on the next podcast. That, that's right. how famous you will be. Won't, won't you, Pikachu? Yeah. Pikachu! He agrees. Good. He's quite a, quite amenable, this electric mouse that I have here. Uh, maybe I won't evolve him. No, he doesn't like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I like to, I think the story is, I mean, it's all over the place, narratively. You know, it's like this thing leads to this thing and then this thing happens and all this madness ensues later on and whatever else. But I think the characters are okay. Uh, Pikachu is good, as in uh, Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu is great. You know, I don't know how much of it is scripted, how much of it is ad libbed, but there's some lines in it where it's like they've just got Ryan Reynolds in a recording booth, and they'll use some of it, I guess. You know, he's just rambling away at stuff. It's it's quite funny, uh, but yeah, I liked it. It's it's probably a lot better than it has any right to be. Let's be honest, because how many of these kind of franchise revivals have you looked at um, and thought oh, this is just a shameless cash grab made by people that just really don't care? Um, there was, I mean, I never seen it, but Dragon Ball was apparently that, you know. I see. I, I didn't see that, and I remember, I remember watching that, but I, I, I didn't go and see the film. Yeah. So there's so many of those where they just slap a label on something and be, and call it a day. Um, and we could be seeing that with the upcoming Sonic movie, which no one rose against. It, interestingly, still time. Oh, that's yeah. true. Has no one done it yet? <laughs> well, I thought some would have already been there. <laughs> well, not Neil before Rise Against since the trailer came out. So yeah, but you know that could be that. Uh, it could be that. You know, there's all sorts of these things that you can point to and just say, yeah, they nobody made, nobody cared. You know, and these things work when you care. I mean, look at the Power Rangers film that we had a couple of years ago. That was clearly made with a bit of reverence for the source material, and uh, this was made with a lot of reverence for the source material. So, you know, well done. It wasn't just, oh yeah, we'll just do the real world and we'll have like Pikachu follow this guy around and help him solve a crime. It's like, no, no, this is the Pokemon world. Everybody lives in it. You know, it functions. Here's how it functions. Here's the wild Pokemon flying around. Here's all this stuff. Mm. I mean, we'll get onto that when we talk a bit more about world building, but yeah. My spoiler-free thought is I really enjoyed it. And uh, that's about it. Excellent. Yeah. So I've taught Pikachu a new move just for this specific section. <laughs> so it's called Spoiler Screen. Why not? Uh, 
So, Pikachu, can you use spoiler screen if you don't mind? Pikachu! He did it. He did it. <laughs> so, but now, now, now he's keyed out on the floor for like the next 20 minutes, the poor guy. <laughs> no, no, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Level 6 Pikachu is fine. So now we're free to talk about whatever we want. So I guess we should talk about the story. Um, we're introduced to Tim, Tim Goodman, in case you're unclear on who the good guys are. <laughs> the, na- the names will help you. You know, it's, it's very simple. Uh, so we start off finding out he's not interested in Pokemon, despite the fact he lives in a Pokemon world, which makes him a complete weirdo. And if you lived in a world where Pokemon existed, would you not just be the happiest person ever? Yeah, but, you know, we, we live in a world where lots of exciting animals live at the moment and we're not that. Yeah, but we're not catching them. That's true. That's true. And you can't sort of train them and, and keep them in balls. Yeah, I mean, I, c- I couldn't go out and, and just steal a kangaroo and then decide that this is now my kangaroo. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When you, yeah. when, you, when you look at it, it's kind of brutal. Um <laughs> But if you think but, about yeah. the, um, the original Pokemon movie that they released in cinemas, Pokemon the first movie, as it's sometimes referred to, the message of that is that fighting is wrong, and it's wrong to force Pokemon to fight. And then uh, then someone must have realised, hang on, that is our thing. We we can't have them learn this lesson. So their memories get erased, and they go back to just using these little creatures to fight for their own amusement. So, you know, no one learns anything, and we just go home. So that's great. Yeah, he doesn't have a Pokemon partner. He works in, is it insurance? Yeah, he's like an insurance salesperson or insurance assessor. I was, I, I can't quite let's, remember. Let's think right. for a second what insurance looks like in the Pokemon world. I mean... Yeah, like, do you insure yeah. your Pokemon? Or insure your house against Pokemon? I mean, this this bloody Kangaskhan, another kangaroo... Reference. Why am I on kangaroos? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. This, you must this, be obsessed. Yeah, this Kangas can crash through my living room. Who's going to pay for that? Because um, <laughs> they can do a lot of damage. Yeah, that's checked. true. Yeah, wild Pokemon yeah. can do a lot of damage. I, I imagine so. I mean, it, it. You know, they seem to to roam about pretty much, and you know, you can imagine your garden getting ripped apart by a Bulbasaur or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sit there. So how do you how do you insure against that? Though I suppose there's people that live about the world just now that have got to like insure against bear attack and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, bears are a relatively uncommon occurrence compared to just the wealth of random Pokemon that are kicking about. Yeah, sort of roaming, destroying Bulbasaur and so on. <laughs> no, no. Oh my god, does Geo dude? What's he gonna do? <laughs> just you know, if he throws yourself at his ho- your house, he's going through the window. He's going through the wall, never mind the window. I, I I get the feeling that Tim wouldn't work in any exciting form of insurance like that. I don't know. I, I like to think that he's like doing mobile phone insurance or something. Pokedex insurance. Pokedex insurance. Yeah. Anyway, right, why not? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the first scene in the film is him trying to capture a Cubone. Because for whatever reason his friend decides his friend that you never see again, incidentally, uh, decides that he needs a Pokemon. And he's like, I don't want a Pokemon. I just want to go back from my lunch break and do this really boring job that I have. And then he tries to catch it, and it doesn't work. So his first mistake is he didn't weaken the damn thing, which is really, really stupid. Um, 
But I think it was just to give us a flavour of, yeah, here's that thing you do in the games. You catch Pokemon. Here's yeah, a here. Pokeball. Here's him throwing it. Here's the Pokemon inside it. Here's it twitching. And here's it escaping. So I liked that. Yeah, I, d- I do like I do like that they actually gave us that because it sort of showed how the mechanics are, you know, sort of look in this universe, and I, I like that that yeah. touch because I think if we had got to the end of it and not seen anything like that, everyone would be like, "Hang on, you didn't do the thing that we do yeah. on all these different games." Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the main plot is about uh, Tim dealing with the grief associated with the death, not quite death actually, of his dad. So he goes to, you know, Rhyme City, as they call it, which is another nice nod to the games, bizarrely named cities. They're usually named after colours, at least in my experience. Uh, Viridian, Vermilion, etc. Um, again, this is Gen 1. So forgive me all Gen 2 honours. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not that knowledgeable. Pika. Yeah, so he finds out that his dad's dead and he goes and then meets this Pikachu and they go on an adventure to try and solve the dad's murder. There's a mystery around why he can understand what Pikachu's saying. It's never actually solved. You never actually find out how that or why that works. Yeah, the mechanics of that. So he can understand Pikachu, but no no one else can understand Pikachu because they've got some sort of link, presumably because of the the sort of father-son uh, connection, I'm guessing, or it was something to enable them to reach uh, Mewtwo by the end? See, you'd think so, right? But um, when all the other people get melded with their Pokemon towards the end, like when Lucy runs up in Psyduck's mm. body, like you don't hear Lucy's voice. Yeah, but see, Pokemon could talk to other Pokemon, so presumably yeah. all the people that became Pokemon at that point could still talk to each other, but we as the viewer can't understand them because they're Pokemon. Yeah. And does um, and does Tim just not recognise his dad's voice? Well, that that's the bit, that's one of the bits that just makes me go, but, but hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. So that, that was his dad all along. At no point does he go, do you know, you sound so much like my dad. <laughs> I mean, I suppose he hasn't seen him in a few years. Yeah, but his voice isn't going to change that much. No. Um, I don't know. It's not, it's, not, it's not like How I Met Your Mother style with the dad changing voice. Yeah. You know. But anyway, Pikachu turns up. He has no memory. He likes coffee. That's that's a thing. And, Pikachu, and, and, do you and like the... coffee? Pikachu! No, he doesn't. This one doesn't. Did, did you do decaf? He's shaking his head. Oh, well, right. Fair enough. All he drinks is uh, water. (laughs) It's very boring of him. What about beer, Pikachu? (laughs) You up for that? Bet you're up for that. Yeah. Okay. His ears are twitching. (laughs) By the end of this podcast, I want us to be drunk with Pikachu. (laughs) Anyway. Drinking uh, with Pikachu. (laughs) Drinking with Pikachu. Play the smash hit video game. (laughs) <laughs> on store shelves soon, drinking with Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as I said, the plot's a bit all over the place. First of all, they go to, you know, they, they're just going from place to place, sort of encountering different stuff. It's like, now we have to go to the underground battle arena and, uh, and meet the guy with no shirt, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's hilarious because of all the offhand comments that Ryan Reynolds has. It's like, where's his shirt? 
like all I see is nipple and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, well the, but the bit I like about that is the fact that you know Tim can hear him the whole time. No one else knows what he's saying, so he can Pikachu can just get away with saying whatever he wants about <laughs> anyone, which is great because it just like you say it lets Ryan Reynolds just let rip. And I don't know whether they did lots of alts or anything yeah. like that, and they just went, all right, we're going to use that one and that one and that one, and we're not going to do that, not going to do that. One thing I would have liked him to do a bit more. Because uh, the only once that I can remember is cut to like what everyone else is hearing. So what you've got is this overexcited Pikachu that just won't shut up. It's just keeps <laughs> saying its name over and over again, and then this weird guy talking back to it as if he can understand it. And like they should have done that a little bit more. Yeah, I, I do think that they should have maybe twisted it round a little bit and seen it from other people's point of view. You did catch people looking at him strangely quite a lot while yeah. he was still talking to him, but you didn't really see it from their perspective where they were hearing Pikachu talking back. I think they they deployed it really great at the beginning where you see him sort of hopping through the market stalls and everyone's looking at him like he's crazy because he's walking about with no pants on, talking, convinced that he's talking to a Pikachu and trying to get other people to listen and I love that. <laughs> Because everyone's, you know, it's it's the the whole fact that the all the Pokemon do is just say their name the whole time yeah. in the same way, <laughs> so you can't really tell anything from it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, and it has this weird, like, evil business plot because, of course, you need an evil business, and they're like experimenting on Pokemon for some reason. They're using that gas that makes them go mental. Um, but there's also experiments on their evolution, so you get the massive turtle ones, and they're so massive that like the world should have be should have ended really because they're, I mean, they're the size of I don't know, a small town or something like that. Oh yeah, like, I mean they're they're, they're they're like mountains. These things they're huge. Yeah. I, and no one's noticed. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bit I don't understand. Just lie there. It's yeah. like, yeah, we've got this uh, secret lab in the middle of nowhere that no one, no one's seen, and no one's ever looked out the window. And gone, God, those hills weren't there before. Well, yeah. look, the hills are walking. And it's like <laughs> not once, yeah. You know? But the thing is, if you ballooned up, like I mean, you see at least what half a dozen of them. Mm. So if you ballooned up a creature like that to that size, if you think about the amount of resources that needs to consume in order to survive. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just... I mean, we're about to see it in a couple of weeks with Godzilla. It's like, what, you know, when you unleash creatures of that size on the world, like, the, 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 it would devastate life as we know it. But just, you know, just by sheer existence. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's going to be the follow-up uh, follow film. Because is it not legendary that do Detective Pikachu as well? Yeah, it is, yeah. All right, so we can see a team-up. They, they own both. So we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu versus Godzilla. We, we always wanted to see it. Yeah, and we all know that Pikachu will win, right? Of course he will. Because if I don't say that he will, he will electrocute me. <laughs> Pikachu! The Mewtwo stuff? Like, I didn't like the Mewtwo stuff. I mean, it's difficult to figure out why they brought him into this plot. And then, you know, he's this psychic Pokemon that hated humans apart from Ryan Reynolds for some reason. And then he gets like a brain thingy, and then he merges the souls of Pokemon to people. Although yeah. I don't understand why Bill Nye wanted to do that. <laughs> I mean, why? Like the Bill Nye thing, I, I I found really sort of confusing. What the villain actually wanted by the end of this, and when the sort of crazy switch happened, 
in his head where he went from building this uh, utopia uh, in the first place or whether he came to his realisation when he was out in the wilderness and went, right, if I, if I get all the Pokemon here, then we can work collaboratively and then I could enact my, my evil plan, uh, which is to turn people into Pokemon because evolution... I don't, you know, that that seemed to be the point. It was like, oh, you know, human evolution's plateaued, but if you were Pokemon, you would keep evolving, and yeah. that that seemed to be like the vague, the vague reason for it. I mean, I think writing wise, the reason for Mew Two is to bring, you know, like an end game character into it and a something powerful into the into the film. It didn't didn't seem necessary in a way i mean the the one of the bits i got confused about is they keep talking about he founded this city 10 years ago that is a pretty well established city for 10 years <laughs> that was some rapid building progress that happened there i don't i don't know maybe there are pokemon that are just expert builders that can just go about setting up a city in five minutes flat but for 10 years that's impressive <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day, but apparently Rhyme City was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you do have all these Pokemon, like, you can use them to to do these things. You know, there's there's the strong ones, there's whatever. Um, you know, you can do a bit of welding with your Charmander, uh, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, I think, yeah. yeah, I think it's fair enough that they managed to build it in, in that period of time. Um, it's just Bill Nye's plan sort of confused me. So I get I get his uh, idea of wanting to live harmoniously with Pokemon, which he has achieved. Like Rhyme City is a paradise mm. where Pokemon roam free, people coexist with them, and and it's all fine. Um, but and I can sort of understand that he wants to put his brain in Mewtwo because he's dying, or he's like disabled. I don't think they ever say that he's dying, do they? Yeah, but you know, he, you know, age age comes to everyone. So that's yeah. that's what he seems to be to be. I mean, you know, he's in a chair now, but then eventually he's going to be in a hospital yeah. bed. Whereas if he's in one of the most powerful or the most powerful creature on the planet. Yeah. But he doesn't even inhabit Mewtwo properly. He uses his, like, remote control mm. hat thing. So you would think the first thing he would do is meld his soul with Mewtwo once Mewtwo's under mind control. Um, mm. And then I want to merge all these people with Pokemon for what reason exactly? Um, it makes no real sense. It's one of those, it's one of those plans where it's like, hang on, okay, so what happens after this? You know, what do the rest of the world do about this? Yeah, or does he just now spread around the world? Everyone goes, God, it's so great being a Pokemon. Let's invade other cities and force it upon them as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't understand what the grand end of this end of his scheme is. What's the, you know, everyone in the world is then a Pokemon? I don't. I, and I don't see what the point of that is. Yeah. Meanwhile, like you say, he's he's still sitting in his chair with a with a hat on. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I was also thinking, you know, wouldn't it be rubbish if you were near like a metapod or something like that, and uh, you know, you just get put in the body of this metapod. It's this useless cocoon. You know, it's oh man. What, no yeah. More. I mean, it's <laughs> it's fine if you get put next to a great Pokemon, but then you know you might just be. Something rubbish <laughs> going, oh no. <laughs> like, what am yeah. I going to do? <laughs> I, I might enjoy flying around as a Pidgeotto or something like that, but yeah, um, put me in a Caterpie or a Metapod, and I'm like, oh, great, thanks. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like, why couldn't yeah. it be standing next to something cool? Weird plan, but it's fine, I guess. It's just one of those evil I, yeah. plans for the sake of evil plans. I mean, but because of the plan is so weird, and because the, the layout of this is so weird, it does lead to a lot of exposition through characters sort of monologuing and doing doing big speeches. Him himself doing the big right. Oh, here's my plan. Let me just run you through this. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Plus the uh, you get get the 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 sort of scene in the lab where they where they've got to play back the footage of them basically narrating what they're doing, going, Oh yes, and now we've made the gas and now we're gonna deploy the gas. And when we deploy the gas it's gonna do this to the Pokemon and the Pokemon will be more sedate and then we'll be able to influence yeah. them. <laughs> so, and, uh, okay, oh look at this um and and look up and look at these uh, exposition holograms that I've invented. Let's <laughs> yeah. see all these historic situations. The computer's oh. completely knackered, apart from these videos <laughs> that <laughs> conveniently, conveniently work out. Yeah, all the plot videos are have survived, so that's nice. Thank God for that. <laughs> but um, I suppose they do have the twist of like the son not being the the bad guy. Which, you know, for you and I, it's probably pretty predictable. But like for your target audience of kids, it might work as a surprise. Because the first time you see the son, he's a dick. And then Bill and I, seems like a nice guy. Yeah, so, but then you know, but then by the end, you still sort of think that he's disappearing off going, yep, what Dad did was nothing to do with me. See you later, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he walks out, you know. Yeah. Um, although you, go on the, promote... you go on the news tonight and tell everyone that I'm awesome. See you later. Yeah, he, does, he does promote <laughs> Lucy, yeah, and on the... Proviso that she does provide some flattering <laughs> coverage of him. <laughs> so, you know, she achieves her dream, but he also gets to essentially bugger off when his company's committed like a war crime or, or you know, a, a crime against nature, I suppose. Yeah, um, but they, they own the entire city and the press. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, you know, I mean, on the face of it, utopia, you get to, you know, a Pokemon and humans living in harmony. And then you hear the background of it of, oh yeah, the, all the press and everything in the city is pretty much owned by this company. Yeah. <laughs> they can do what they want. Yeah, so the the plot, I think we'll agree, is pretty pretty not great, to be honest. But it is just supposed to take us on a tour of this world and give us an excuse for Pokemon cameos. I mean, there's so many bloody many of them throughout. I was, I was insanely baffled by how many there was. And, you know, the, the fact that I'm... Um, a Gen Oneer, or uh, mm. or whatever the the collective term for us people are, <laughs> uh, I'm sure the community has them. Um, you know, ha, look at this. He only knows 151 of them. What a what a loser! It's like, yes, I'm the loser. Uh, that's us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I, I have the feeling that it's one of these things that when it comes out on, um, I was going to say on video. There's me sounding even more like a generation winner. When it comes out on DVD or, or available to stream and stuff, I, I think it's one of those ones that you would be able to pause sort of every frame when they're in the city and in the cafes and in the bars and things. All these different shots, and you'll be able to catch. Uh, different Pokemon in the background and things because they just absolutely painted it with different stuff going on. Yeah. Occasionally, your eye would be caught by something going on in the background. Yeah. Uh, be it, you know, something flying past that isn't a bird, be it something that's popping its head out of a litter bin or coming yeah. cl- climbing down from a tree or 
and you go, oh my god, it's like just the, the amount of stuff that is put on that screen and the amount of work they must have done for that is uh, incredible. Because yeah. I do think it's one of those ones that if you if you once you get it that you can watch at home and sort of pause and have a look, I think there'll be so much more there to see. For sure, and it is yeah, it's so well crafted and. I mean, as a, as I was about to say, as a Gen One, I was watching like the film and the, these Pokemon would turn up. And I'm like, hey, what the hell is that? I have no <laughs> idea what you are. And then the next shot, you'd see like Charmander or something. And I'm like, oh, thank God, something I know. I um, never recognise it. No, I'm fine. <laughs> so what's this weird monkey thing, and why should I care? But it's like, no, no, give me all the Gen One stuff. You know, and all the little kind of background jokes you had. You had like Jigglypuff putting people to sleep in a bar. Um, because you know when he say when Jigglypuff sings, they people fall asleep. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the world building was staggering. Like the you know diverting traffic because there's a Snorlax sleeping in the middle of the road, that kind of stuff. It's just yeah, this would absolutely happen. It's like a flock of pigeons just flying past your window. Um, these monkeys hanging about wherever they are. Uh, just you know every little thing. Um, all these. Other references to the games as well. So, like, when you look at the, you know, when you do that sort of flyby at the start, and mm. um, you you actually see the kind of almost video game map uh, that you get, you know, it, it, well in the game, you know, and there's like patches yeah, of grass true, that the Pokemon yeah. are running about on, and like outside of the patches of grass, they're not really there. So, like, it's it's just all these little nods and I'm like, oh my god, as a fan, I'm like, oh, that's nice. I didn't, uh, I didn't think of that actually. That it, you know, that sort of setting at the beginning with the sort yeah. of farmland and fields and in the sort of little town that it is, yeah, like you say, sort of bob on for the games. Yeah, you fly over. Yeah, it's really cool. They used it all pretty well. Um, just all the different things you saw, um, and. Yeah, I'm always going to gravitate towards the Gen 1 Pokemon because I don't really know um, anything later. I know a bit of Gen 2, actually, like Cyndaquil and stuff is your Firestarter Pokemon. Um, I enjoyed... I liked I liked Cyndaquil. Uh, I'm always a Fire-type starter, even though it's essentially hard mode for the game. Um, but yeah, Charmander was my first Pokemon. I love Charmander. Who was your starter? Oh, I can't remember now. Cannot remember. Sorry. <laughs> Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur. One of those three. That's your choices. Um, and they were all in the film, in some ways. Squirtles were putting out fires, because of course they would. That, I think that was a reference to the Squirtle Squad in the in the cartoon. Uh, you saw the Squirtle Squad just doing that. They were like firemen. Yeah, I did. I did like that because that was what was like a little bit of news footage in the background, wasn't yeah. it? And that that just made me howl. I thought that was great. It's like because of course they would, you know, you would make use of what you have available. Yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, you have to feed your hose, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I would get a Blastoise, maybe a bit more firepower uh, or water power, should I say? Uh, there was a bit of a lack of battling in the film. There was only really that one sequence, or two sequences, I guess. But the the one in the sort of underground bit where Pikachu realised that he can't remember any of his attacks. <laughs> so it's just, he just threatens to get eaten by a Charizard. <laughs> uh, which, I don't know, I always love Charizard. I mean, it's a big fire-breathing dragon, so, you know, why wouldn't you love it? I mean, I mean, you wouldn't want to tell it that you didn't love it. That's, that's the thing. This is true. Well, you just put it back in its ball and then you never... Never let it out yet. <laughs> yeah. Just 
Poor Charizard. Yeah. Don't do just, that to your Charizard. Just, just before you make him return, you're like, Charizard, I don't love you. And then that's the last <laughs> thought that he had. <laughs> the last thing he just gets time to go, oh, and then disappears. As if I would do that. Charmander was my favourite starter and, you know, Charizard. Uh, yeah. Memories. It's just, yeah, it, it played me like a fiddle, nostalgia-wise, this film. And it knew exactly what it was doing. It knew exactly what it needed to do to make me, like, make me love it and yeah fair play well done for for doing it so well um despite your kind of hokey plot and just, yeah uh, ryan reynolds literally inhabiting a pikachu and talking to him but i liked the um the the tim pikachu relationship because it was this whole like there was one scene where where I was just sitting there thinking, my God, this scene has no right to exist in this film. And it's it's the one where he learns that his dad is dead. I mean, obviously he isn't. But he learns, and it's, he has, his, for, about, for all intents and purposes, er, learned that his dad is dead. And he sits there and he just deals with it. Mm. And then Pikachu, like, relates to him about his own sense of loss. And, you know, I mean, you have the big, like, cartoony, cutesy eyes designed to get that emotional reaction. But it was... It was a really well acted, uh, perfectly animated, you know, nicely constructed scene that just yeah, gives you a bit of character development in a film that I suppose didn't really need it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those ones. It's like it's tricky for them to fit scenes like that into a film like this, but they did that really, really well. It was a sort of standout scene and built that. It 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 sort of tied that relationship up really nicely you know it sort of combined the two of them put them both on sort of the same the same footing and it's another one again where you know you mentioned uh sort of pikachu's big eyes there the, the sort of photorealism that they managed to do in that kind of thing you could almost believe it when you're watching it on the screen um yeah. and considering that it, he, you know he's acting against a you know a tennis ball on a stick probably at that particular moment I, I I still think that was, was really well done. It it does sort of stand out in the film as as one of those scenes that you're like, yeah, it doesn't it isn't the kind of thing that you would expect to see in the middle of this. Yeah, but it did work. And I think in terms of the animation as well, the the thing that really sells it is every Pokemon you see is textured differently, so you get the impression of like, so Pikachu's quite fluffy, you know, mm. so it's clear he is far because he's a mouse. Um, and then you'll see like Psyduck, uh, and Psyduck has like a feathery type um, rendering, I guess, uh, because you know, of course he would. So it's that kind of every yeah. single one of them just feels that little bit different. You get the impression that Charmander has a bit of a rough kind of well, not scaly, but you know that, that yeah, well, close, close enough, like leathery, yeah. scaly. Yeah, that, that you get to see the. Um, what was it? It was the the Bulbasaur and stuff that took them away on the tour, and you you see them sort of looking all sort of leathery. You've got the fish, uh, which I can't remember the name of. It's completely gone in my head. Magikarp, Magikarp. That's it. Uh, Magikarp and everything like that. So it's yeah. I think I think they did really well with the with the textures and imagining them. And if, from what I've read, they were having to go back quite a lot to to the Pokemon company and go right. This is the latest render of these Pokemon give us your thoughts. So I think they had tough standards to meet and I'm glad that they did. 
Yeah. That they didn't just get sort of carte blanche to write, here's a picture of all the characters, go off and do what you want, you know. We've got our money now for the rights, so off you pop and do what you, you yeah. want. I mean, we've all we've all seen these, uh, mm. you know, CGI, CGI on live action films like Garfield and stuff or Scooby Doo, and it's like, yeah, it looks like there's a CGI creation in this world, but like Pokemon's or Detective Pikachu's world has that kind of the aesthetic all blends together. You know, it's very colorful, it's very very out there. So at, at no point does it ever really feel like, yeah, these. These characters are; these characters do exist. They do live in kind of a harmony. This is a world that functions, rather than why the hell does John have this cat that looks nothing like any other cat? <laughs> it doesn't look like any other cat on the planet ever. Yeah, I mean like, the, the 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 thing is, it takes you; it does take you out of a scene. And I think if they had done it like that, so every time different characters appeared, uh, different Pokemon appeared. You would be looking at it going, it, it would just take you out of it. You would just be going, oh, that's so bad. Or it blatantly yeah. looks like it's pasted in front of everything. And, oh, you know. Whereas they've done all the interaction with the environment and the, the shading, the shadowing and everything just bob on, really. Yeah. I would say Mewtwo probably looks the worst, weirdly. Yeah. I mean, for, for what is a main character in there, it does look a bit more... It, it doesn't have any texture. It has it had very little texture to it. Yeah. Where, like you were saying, the others had sort of feathers and scales, and you know, you but didn't really for, get that with it. Yeah, I suppose for most of them, you have like a, a real world analog to some degree. So, like, um, you know, Pikachu's a mouse. There's Ratata, who's a rat, and mm. and so on and so on. Whereas Mewtwo is a cat, although he doesn't. Well, I mean, he has cat-like features, I guess, but like, there's is weirdly like. He's a hairless cat with his weird tail and stands on two legs and stuff. And, you know, it's the Mewtwo concept is a bit weird. I mean, he's like the most powerful Pokemon. He was grown in a lab and he's number 150 and all this stuff. So he's like, he's a clone of Mew, which is a smaller cat and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, I'd say he looks the worst out of a lot of them. And I was a bit, a bit find that a bit strange. Just, uh, this main creature that, that we're going to spend a lot of time with looks the worst out of a lot of them. Uh, I don't know that the film needed Mewtwo, I suppose it did. Um, but it could have just been Pikachu and um, Tim solving a murder. You didn't have to get all this conspiracy crap in there. You, you know, yeah, but well, that's the thing. Because so much of it focuses... I mean, it, the, you know, like the sort of heart of the thing, it is a kind of buddy comedy. Yeah. And... I think solving solving the missing person case could have been the grand finale of it, really. Yeah. That it didn't. It, I don't think it needed the ending that it had. Um, no. That kind of seemed a bit unnecessary, though. You know, I know that they're kind of taking it from from the game, um, but I don't even think in the game that they actually find his dad in the end. <laughs> so. Um, it, I, I don't know why they did it in this. Maybe just to kind of finish it off. I don't, I don't know. It, it it didn't seem necessary to have a big sort of fight in the end, but maybe that's what they, you know, like audiences have come to expect, that the ending will be a big sort of final battle type scene. Yeah. You know, there'll be a lot at stake, whereas sort of uh, just having him being reunited with his dad wouldn't be enough. But I think it could have been. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, I've never played the Detective Pikachu game, although I hear it's terrible. 
So this could be the the best ad, video game adaptation ever made. In fact, it probably is. Yeah. Let's just. I've, 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 I've read it, so I'm, I'm not going from, <laughs> from my personal experience on this. Yeah. I don't own a 3DS, unfortunately. <laughs> I do own a 3DS. I just don't have Detective Pikachu for it. What do I need a Detective Pikachu video game? And I've got a real Pikachu right here. Isn't that right, Pikachu? Because Tell you, if anyone ever gets their hands on the unedited version of this podcast, it is Garfield minus Garfield. There is going to be one of these times where we say hello to Pikachu and he doesn't say hello back because... Because I've missed it on the end. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right, because Pikachu? Yeah. yeah, okay. Someone needs to write an algorithm that looks for every time the word Pikachu is mentioned in this <laughs> podcast. Which would be ridiculous. It'd be like Doctor Strange or I could ding it every time. I'm not going to. Uh, no, I could. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there will be at least one where I just miss it. <laughs> because I'm, I don't know, I'm playing mini clip pool or something as I'm editing and then forget about it. Or I'm like, oh no, it could just be that Pikachu shuts up for this moment. I don't know. Peeking behind the curtain here, listeners. There, isn't a, there may not really be a Pikachu here. If there is, perhaps you should call the relevant people that can help me. <laughs> because, because I've clearly lost all grasp of reality. <laughs> it would be the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Pokemon. Yeah, or maybe maybe I'm seeing the real world, and all you people are confused. <laughs> <laughs> They're totally out of Pokemon here. We're just saying, yeah, yeah, that's it. just messing with you. Yeah, I mean, well, I suppose people play Pokemon Go, which I got bored with. Um, which is about as close as you'll get to having real Pokemon in the real world, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Uh, so, I liked Tim. I thought he was a good character. You know, I liked his kind of reluctance, I suppose, to, to get involved in this, this issue. Because he's just an insurance guy. So who uh, um, is kind of reluctant to get on this path to solving this bizarre mystery. But... Um, the other characters, I would the best way I could describe the other characters is that they are cartoon characters. So you have Lucy, she's like intrepid, idealistic reporter who can smell a story from miles off but isn't isn't appreciated. Um, but what else can you say about her? I think I've just summed up everything about her in one sentence. Yeah, I, it's it's one of them like the. the fast talking intro- introduction and everything like that it was very very sort of cartoonish actually you've probably hit it right on there yeah she wasn't she wasn't that well developed a character at all there could have been more there there could be more there and i think if the um the relationship between tim and pikachu hadn't been that well done i think it would have suffered even more because of that i think because of the Tim and Pikachu relationship, it kind of overwhelms what's happening with Lucy. Yeah. So you don't notice it quite as much, but yeah, it definitely needed a bit more work, I think. I mean, I, I liked Lucy, and I think Catherine Newton is, is really good. I've seen her in a few things. Uh, Supernatural is a big thing that she was in. That Obviously, I love Supernatural, and she was really good in that. I don't know if you ever saw the film Blockers. Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's, it's, she's quite funny in that. She's quite good in that. Although that film is about the parents, so the, with John Cena being one of them. So the the big suspension of disbelief there is that John Cena would live in a suburban house. <laughs> it's like, what? 
no, you quite didn't. <laughs> you know, it's it's like when The Rock plays anything. It's like, uh, he's playing a human being. I don't believe it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she was good. Um, you know, she serves the plot really well, but she has, she has a cartoon character. You know, she doesn't change. She doesn't really get anywhere. She's obviously there as a kind of a, a bit of a love interest. And the, the attempts that Tim has to, to sort of flirt with her are really funny. Especially when Pikachu is just sitting there being like, oh my god, this is this is painful to listen to. I can't deal with this. This is rubbish. I, I do like that he's getting dating advice from a Pikachu, though. <laughs> yeah. that, that, you know, if you want dating advice from anyone, then you know, why not? But Pikachu gives me all my dating advice. Pika, pika! <laughs> That's why I'm still single, I imagine. <laughs> just... oh, no. Keep Pikachu, trying to I'm, electrocute I'm... people. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, rub their cheeks. I don't know. Like, do Pikachu's do that to each other? I suppose they do. They must do. They have those like rosy cheeks. Um, and then you had like Ken Watanabe as like the lieutenant guy. He's very cartoon characterish, uh, just in terms of your dad was a good man. And it's like it's almost like he only has those like three lines. That's all he can say. <laughs> so it's like you go in and in the video game and you talk to him, and that's all you get out of him. And then you have to leave because that's it. That's the only thing he's programmed to say. Your father was uh, a good man. Watch yeah. this video. I've been keeping on my player just in case. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really surprised that he doesn't say the words "let them fight" at any point though. Like he does in Godzilla. That's a, that's a missed opportunity. People, missed opportunity. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe someone will be able to cut it all together so that he does say that too. Oh, probably. There we go. Yeah, you got Bill Nye. Um, his character name is Howard Clifford. No one cares. He's, he's Bill Nye. Every time you see him, it's like, oh my god, he's in this as well. I, I seem to remember a point where every time I watched a film, Bill Nye was in it. You know, it was around about the time like that that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy came out. It just felt like every time I watched anything, Bill Nye would turn up eventually. And there he is again. Yeah, it's kind of genericy villainy kind of thing. That you get from them. I, I don't. It was it was the the video ex, explanation as as they came into the town, hmm. uh, into the city. Sorry, where it was going. This is Howard Clifford. He disappeared into the jungle, became friends with Pokemon, came back and made a city. <laughs> it's like what? Hang on. <laughs> it was like the the big exposition video. Yeah. And you're going, okay, I should have been paying attention to this and it's all completely drifted out of my head. I was like, this is going to be important <laughs> later, isn't it? You know, he yeah. discovered the Pokemons could work in harmony. It's like, okay. But again, um, he's very much a cartoon character. Yeah. I would say that Tim is the only one who isn't really a cartoon character because he does have depth, he does have an arc. I, I suppose Pikachu qualifies as well. He has, like, mm. emotional range, whereas everybody else really doesn't. But yeah, it's but, fine. Yeah, well, I think it's it, it kind of makes them stand out, and that that I think is is sort of good. It's like he is a a guy like a uh, I was going to say a realistic guy in a cartoon world, which sounds really uh, rubbishy. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to how to explain it, but yeah, he 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 kind of stands out a bit more because of that. It's like he's the the he seems to be one of the few that isn't interested in having a Pokemon walking about with him. Yeah, he's he's not he's not wanting to get on the bandwagon with everyone else. He's just wanting to get on and have his life kind of thing, and getting dragged into it, kicking and screaming by the end. Yeah, <clears throat> and I mean, there's all sorts of these these children's things, you know, where where you get these characters that are de- 
like their powers come from one specific emotional trait as well you know like so you get these you get these people that are well developed or slightly better developed human beings that are like well you're rubbish because you don't know how to love properly he's a bit like that you know he's like the only one that that has that range except for pikachu and everyone else just kind of gets dragged along uh, i can't think of any other human characters there was the son who's hardly in it uh, as in Howard's son, Roger, mm. according to this. And you had, like, that doctor that was experimenting on Mewtwo. She was kind of there. That's about it. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not really paying attention to the human characters anyway, are we? We want to see what Pokemon are going to turn up and do this and do their thing. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that sense, it's very faithful to the, the original games and the, and the anime shows and stuff, because it's like, well, yeah, I don't really care about the human characters. Because I'm not here to watch the human characters. It's called Detective Pikachu. That's what I'm here to see. And it was very serviceable in, in that regard. I mean, I don't know. I think I think there was the scope to, to develop uh, Lucy a, a bit more um, a bit more strongly. And I suppose it's another film where a woman is kind of sidelined to serve as a man's character arc. Um, you know, she gives him a lift when he needs it and has some information when he needs it and stuff, you know. And it's, you can almost flip the script and have have her as the lead, and have the same film, you know. She can yeah, she's it. she's investigating this guy going missing and discovers a Pikachu. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really liked all the kind of her trying to be surreptitious where she walks into the diner and they sit like <laughs> they sit <laughs> back to back, and it's like this is actually drawing more attention. Yeah, <laughs> it's like then dropping the notes and unable yeah. to talk. Yeah, I, yeah I, can't I, she just sit over here? <laughs> yeah, come, come into my office, and it's this little <laughs> sort of. Uh, it seems to be like the copier room. Yeah, in the back corner that so she's she's managed to close his office. Yeah, um, and to be carrying about a, a stressed out duck all the time, <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that the only thing you could catch? I mean. You're you're you're, sne- you're sneaking about with like just a, a stressed out duck, which is really obvious to spot as well. Yeah, I loved all the the kind of references. It's like we're traveling with a bomb, and it's like don't freak out, don't freak out. Want a <laughs> foot rub? And, then it's, and later on, he's like, I did things that I really don't want you to tell anyone about. <laughs> it was, it's is the fact that they were both tucked into car seats that I loved. Yeah, that was funny, <laughs> both yeah. sitting in little booster seats in the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just great. Was that car a G Whiz? Looked a bit. Um, it was like I I can't remember now. I would need to watch back. But yeah, I I just I, there was bits of that that I really liked. It's like so. Hang on, when people are good off driving, they've got their their Pokemon strapped into a car seat. If they refuse to, uh, the, the, the other the other one was the other one was the backpack. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I always find those backpacks really funny when when people are sort of walking about with their their uh, their kids in these backpacks. Yeah, but seeing a Psyduck. <laughs> <laughs> getting carried about that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she didn't just put him in his pokeball, but you know, whatever. But you even you even sort of got that where um, where Tim and uh, Detective Pikachu, where he he climbs up to go on his shoulder, he goes, "I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Get down." It's like oh, that's okay. I wanted ten thousand steps this hour. <laughs> and the bit where it's like, I need to go on your shoulder. I'm, I've got small legs, and my heart is like the size of whatever. So it's like. <laughs> My God, they've just snuck in a bit of biology. They're not just like yeah. living plushies. They're just, you know, they are living things. And there are rules. And it would be absolutely knackered by this point, yeah. Yeah. And there's little bits that give you like the weight, you know, there's a bit of weight to their presence as well, you know. 
just subtle things like Pikachu whacking Tim with his tail when he turned around. Mm. You know, it's it, it's these little things like that. It's like okay, yeah, this this is a bit harmonious. You know, everything's everything's working together here. Uh, it's just good fun uh, to to watch and Pikachu's obsession with coffee. And I love the bit where he's in the apartment and it's like, these are my clues. And it's just paper strewn about everywhere. He doesn't even know what he's looking for. And it's like, oh, don't worry about that. It's just my life's work. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Just really, really good. I think one of my favourite scenes of the, the, the two of them working together is when they're they're trying to interrogate the mime. Ah, oh, yes. The Mr. Mime scene. Oh. Which I think is somewhat ruined by the trailer. It is a bit because you you've seen some of what's going to happen, but not all of it. And yeah, yeah it just, <laughs> just went a direction I was not expecting. I mean, did they kill it? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know what happened to it. Cause he drops the this, main match, doesn't he? he? He drops, he drops the match, which would have let the, let the, the fuel to the mime, but we, and we don't see the mime again. So yeah, who knows? It Maybe might have been the most. It might have been the most gruesome death they've ever gotten away with in a children's yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, yeah. And they don't really care about it. They never reference it again. Maybe he just fainted and had to be taken to a Pokemon Center. Maybe that's all did. that happens, right? Yeah, you just take them to Pokemon Center yeah. and revitalize, and then that's it. Yeah. So you know, about to have a conversation about Pokemon that I've always really wanted to have in a recorded setting. I mean, we're not authorities on this whatsoever, but in this world, Pokemon replace animals, right? There are no animals. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there are. There are Pokemon. So, you know, you've got Pidgeys, they fly about. Do people eat Pokemon? Because they must do. I, well, there seem to be some that are being kept kind of like cattle. Yeah, so the Tauros at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, so you've got to, like, assume so, I guess. They've got to be, you know, folk have got to be eating something uh so good question that let's say let's say probably <laughs> but whether there's whether there's rules as to what you eat and what you don't eat and i'm but, guessing i'm guessing that in rhyme city they don't <laughs> i mean let's dig into this a bit i mean right so tauros they're essentially cows or they're bulls so you can you know you can make burgers out of them you can make whatever um you know, any kind of beef product you can make out of a Taurus. You could, uh, I mean, there's Miltank, which is a Pokemon that exists. Uh, you could get milk from that, I guess. I don't know. Man- Magikarp and chips. Yeah, Krabby Cakes. Krabby Cakes. Yeah. Love uh, a Krabby Cake. <laughs> I mean, Shredded Psyduck. Shredded Psyduck, yeah. Crispy Shredded Psyduck. <laughs> crispy shred Psyduck, <laughs> which is not easy to say. Yeah. Oh, so here's the big question about, like, so if you eat... A Bulbasaur, right? Because you're vegetarian, you're not a vegetarian because you eat a living creature or a sentient living creature. I mean, anybody who eats a plant is eating what was once a living creature. But I suppose a Bulbasaur would be a good renewable source of food because you would just be able to pick its leaves and stuff. I guess. <laughs> you know, it sort of flowers and things. Um, the the well, an ivysaur would be more useful for that. I, I feel that there's like a dark version of this film that's like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you do see restaurants, right? Like, what do they say oh, yeah, in yeah. this restaurant? That's true. You know, what is your supply of food? Do, I mean, I mean like, I'm guessing some of the assumption is that they have similar food that isn't Pokemon, maybe? I don't know. 
But if you don't, you don't see any other animals in this world, so they have to be eating them. Yeah, that's true. So you don't see like a normal dog or a normal cat or anything. So they yeah. must be. It's it's either that or in the Pokemon universe they're all vegetarian. It's possible, although that wouldn't happen. You well, you wouldn't think so, but also Pokemon. So let's say, yeah, possibly. But you, you know, in any given world, you're going to get people with a variety of stances on on these issues. So you would get people that just refuse to eat Pokemon, of course, and you get the people that would eat Pokemon. So even if the entire world was vegetarian, you'd have, you'd have a kind of subcultures that detract from that. So I mean, apparently, rearing them for combat isn't a bad thing, but eating them is a bad thing. I don't know. It'd be like eating your. It it would be like eating your dog, wouldn't it? I mean, you've got you know you yeah, can't I mean, this pet. Yeah, but then how do you decide which which animals are for keeping and rearing and nurturing and which ones are delicious with chips? I suppose uh, in the same, the same way that we do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are things that are more acceptable to eat than others. And then there's uh, other ones where you get in exotic restaurants. And, uh, so, oh, my God. I if, 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 if you're listening to this and you have any suggestions, then you could tweet us or comment on wherever you have seen this. Yeah, why not? I mean, let's, let's open up this conversation. Um, I want to know. I really want to know uh, what they eat in the Pokemon world because they have to eat something. I know in the anime show you would get like Brock would cook up some weird looking food, but I don't know what it was made of—some kind of paste. You know, he would just make it, and it would be like they would look like it would look like Scooby snacks or something, or they would they eat a lot of rice. You know, you get those like triangular rice things. That that are in well, I've only ever seen in Pokemon, but they would eat a lot of that. I don't know. But yeah, just looking at the list of 150 of them. I mean, I'm not going to look any further than that. I'd be here all night, but I could see some some of them being quite delicious. I mean, I wouldn't want to eat a sand shrew. You know, the the hard. Then again, maybe once you get through the hard shell, you know. That's true. Maybe maybe that's when it's delicious on the inside. You know. Yeah. Roast Jigglypuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's some that just wouldn't look that good. Yeah, Psyduck might be alright. Monkey, that's a monkey. Bell sprout. I mean, I guess a bell sprout because it's a it's essentially a vegetable. Weeping bell, victory bell, they're vegetables. I wouldn't want to eat geodude. That would that would be painful. Yeah, there's a bunch of birds. I imagine things like horsey and all that would be a bit like scampy. Yeah, shelter, cloister, and then. You know, am I going to spend time with this Pokemon to evolve it so I can eventually eat it? There's Execute. That's another one. Oh, well, there you go. That sorts you out for omelets. They're just eggs. Yeah. It's quite vicious, but, you know, if, they, if they're not going to work this out for me, then I'm going to think about it for them. So, yes, Pokemon meals. What would you, What is your favourite Pokemon meal, listeners? Join, uh, join us and suggest it. So there were some action sequences in this film. Uh, not many. There was two main ones. Um, there was a bit at the end where fighting Mewtwo, and then there was the Charizard fight. And I suppose you saw Gengar fighting Blastoise. I liked that. That was pretty cool. True. What, so what did you think of the action, basically? Did you want to see more Pokemon attacks? Did you want to um, see different things? I think I could have seen a bit more sort of Pokemon fighting. It was mainly what you got was them running away from Pokemon. Yeah. And rather than any sort of big fights. But... Um, I, uh, I kind of liked the, the Pikachu fight. I thought that was kind of funny at the beginning. 
uh, when I'm taking on Charizard, I thought that was done sort of. It was very dramatic, very big. You kind of got an impression of what a, a proper sort of Pokemon battle would have been. Uh, you can imagine that on the bigger stage. I think you saw a bit of a shot of one on a. Was it on the film reel thing where they sort of showed a bit of a, a Pokemon contest, a fight? Yeah, you did. Uh, there was a bit of a. Um, it was kind of in the the background, like here on TV tonight from the Indigo yeah. Plateau or whatever is, you know, Pokemon League Live or whatever it was called, and you know all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you would get that kind of entertainment. I sort of yeah. like that. I mean, the the end fight didn't really work that much for me. I liked the the element you had where uh, you had the Ditto sort of changing into all the different Pokemon to sort of fight off different attacks and different assailants. I sort of liked that. Yeah, the Ditto turning into people that. Doesn't make any sense. No, it it doesn't. But presumably, it's due to all the enhancement and stuff that they've been doing in the lab. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it would be the it's like, let's go. Let's let's go with that. I've I've got but, no idea. What but to do why would Ditto turn into Lucy instead of I don't know Charizard? That's true. It was more playful than anything else. But I just kind of enjoyed seeing it happening. Uh, I thought it was a bit of fun. Um, uh, Pikachu taking on Mewtwo, uh, sort of. Yeah, I liked it. It was uh, uh, I'm using his powers and taking out the 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 gas balloons and stuff. But yeah, it didn't. The, the fight scenes didn't really do that much for me. I've got to be honest. I don't know what what about you. I mean, I thought some of the action was quite creative. I think um, Gengar versus Blastoise, as I mentioned, was quite cool. The fact that they did the Charizard fight, which was, you know, Pikachu just being terrified that he was about to get eaten <laughs> by this crazed dragon. That was really funny, uh, that he couldn't remember all his attacks. And then when he does the Volt Tackle on Mewtwo at the end, that's that's really cool. Um, and there was all the, you know, don't, don't be stupid, a Pikachu could never defeat a Mewtwo. And it's like, <laughs> well, I don't know, it depends on the Pikachu, it depends on the Mewtwo. Uh, I'm pretty sure I could have trained a Pikachu to beat a, a Mewtwo. But uh, back in back in the day, back it back in the heyday when you were reigning champion. That's it. No one will no one will ever know though. Um, An un- undefeated champion though, because you never competed again. Yeah, because yeah, I retired. I, I made the made the good decision to retire while I was on top. I took my fifty pound voucher and decided this is enough. <laughs> I have peaked. <laughs> I have proven myself, in the you know in the eyes of my peers, uh, I've made my. Made my nation proud, and so on. Whatever it is, yeah. So the action was okay. I do think that we could have done a bit more with it. I suppose. I think when you've got Mewtwo kicking about, though, it's a bit problematic. Like Mewtwo was problematic, as we've said. I think the mm. you know the scene where Pikachu gets hit by a boulder and he's like almost dead is it wasn't that big a boulder, to be honest. Like, I mean, do they not? Do, does your average Pokemon not take three times that level of punishment in your average battle? Yeah, you, you, you presume so. I mean, like I say, I think they could have done more where they were having to fight off different Pokemon to get to the lab or get yeah. through it. They did, they did more sort of run and flee from, yeah. rather than fight anything really. But I mean, it was still I still suppose they count as action scenes, and yeah. I think they were done pretty well. Like we've seen said from the beginning. They've made the Pokemon so sort of realistic, and they they interacted so well uh, with them that you know you you kind of you you forget you know how much of it is CG and how much of it was you know not there when they're when they were filming those scenes. 
Yeah, and maybe when he got hit by the boulder, his HP was really low from this Charizard <laughs> fight. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the whole thing where the Bulbasaur turn up and take him to Mewtwo, that's like a bit weird. And then you've got the bit where Lucy's like, I'll wait for you in the car. It's like, you've just ran across these giant turtle things. Like, the car <laughs> could be several miles away. <laughs> So what's going on here? But or why aren't you just going with him? It's like uh, so we can have the explanation of. Um, if people knew we were at the lab, then maybe they know where your car is. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, it is it isn't it isn't an action film, I suppose. I think it was more focused on that core relationship of uh, Tim and Pikachu, and I think it's more focused on giving you a tour of what a live action Pokemon world might look like. So you get a taste of like, here's Batlin, here's. You know, here's the attempt to catch. Here's all this stuff. Mm. Um, so it's it's a bit of a flavour of it rather than you know we're going to do something like really awesome with this stuff. But the the final sequence it just felt like your kind of standard end nonsensical action sequence in a in a blockbuster. And as with as you said earlier, it could have been a quieter film than that. It could have been a quieter ending than that. I'm thinking it, it, it could have been, it could have still been impactful, but just not in that big actiony, blockbustery, finishy kind of way. Yeah. And I think the the sort of twist and everything was sort of pretty predictable. Anyway, I know that we're not necessarily the target audience for it, so yeah, we're going to spot stuff that you know kids watching it aren't. Um, but it was sort of predictable the way it was going to go. It, the fact that you had to have the little headset thing on the whole time means, well, you know how he's going to get defeated. They're just going to knock the headset off his head. Yeah. There you go. That's it. It's 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 game over. He's no longer in the, the body of the most powerful uh, Pokemon anymore and easily taken out at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it didn't... It, I, this, this, it didn't feel like there were stakes as such in there. No. And like you say, because you don't understand the villain's plan at all, just that he's turned people into Pokemon. There you go, that's it. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. not like, okay, uh, weird, but I suppose that's what he's done. No one's dead. <laughs> so, you know, at least no one's died. No, no, so you, just stay, you just faint and then have to go to a Pokemon Center. Yeah. That, that's, that's what happens. No one dies. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So, in terms of the Pokemon cinematic universe, as they are, think are planning to build, do you want to see more of this? Do you want to see more variety? Do you want to see different stories? Or do you just want to see Detective Pikachu again? Uh, do you know what? Part of me was absolutely gutted when they went and did, oh, and Ryan Reynolds is the dad, because then I was like, oh, that means we're not going to get sort of the same Detective Pikachu again, you know? Um, I don't see Ryan Reynolds coming back to be a live-action detective in a Pokemon world, you know what I mean? And I think part of what sold this to me and made it so much fun was him being Pikachu. Yeah. I, if if you just have a sort of detective story featuring Pokemon, I don't think it'll quite have the same fun element to it. Uh, though then again, if you did the same again, it would be repetitive and, you know, maybe the story's not there. I think they've proved that they can do that universe well. Mm-hmm. that they can render the Pokemon really well, that there's elements that they could explore there. They've got all the all the games and the other, you know, the cartoon backstories that they could they could use. So, yeah, I, f- I think I could watch something else in this universe. 
I don't know if it would be as fun. I've, like I say, I think a lot of the, the success of this and what made me enjoy it was what Ryan Reynolds did in it. Um, just seeing what what he was saying coming out of the, the mouth of a Pikachu was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah, potentially I would watch another. Like I say, I, 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 I enjoyed this film. I really, really did. I know that I've kind of taken pops at different bits and pieces, but I did come out of this with a big smile on my face. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would I would watch another one. I don't know if they'd be able to get away with the same sort of story. I don't know where they could take it. Because uh, if you were just walking about with someone with a detective Pikachu that's going Pika Pika the whole time, I don't think it would be as fun. And like we've said, I think some of the other characters that they introduced in this, like you say, you had the friend that sort of disappeared after after the scene at home and is never yeah. spoken of again. And then um, uh, Lucy just wasn't that well developed. So you're not sitting there going, well, I hope they go back to all of them again. Really, the characters that you want to see again are Tim and Pikachu, and now Pikachu isn't quite the Pikachu that you watched for the whole film. So so that's debatable for me. How about you? I don't think it makes sense to really do another Detective Pikachu film, and I don't think they should... Because they've already done it, you know. We've already seen that. It's it's fun. It was fun for what it was, and you know, I think you've more or less exhausted the concept. Um, but I have read that they're maybe going to do, you know, if this does well, which it already has, uh, they'll the work on a sort of Pokemon cinematic universe, and they were talking about like the journey of Red, um, who is the the game's original pr- mm. protagonist. It's the you know it's the default name that you're given. Before you change it to, in my case, Craig, because I was, you know, I'm going on a Pokemon journey. Uh, <laughs> it's me, of course, it's me, you know. And, uh, so they're, they're talking about doing that. I mean, I think the problem they have with that is if you're going to do that in a two-hour film, he has eight badges and the league to fight. That's a lot. Like, what is your film about? Is it just going to be a montage of him fighting gym leaders and then, you know, completing the Pokemon League and then that's the end? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be sort of your traditional sort of rags to riches kind of tale, yeah. or you know, st- starting from the bottom and working the way up. They could they could do something good with that, but it is the quantity of um, mm. of of stuff that you need to do though. And then they would have to, you know, they'd have to bring in some kind of antagonist, like central antagonist that you can keep cropping up against. Which is why you have the rival in the in the games, you know. So it's like, you know, it's like hi there. Uh, I know you're just leaving town. I want to fight you. You fight them, and then you move on, and then potentially kill the Raticate, according to fan theories. Because um, in one battle he has a Raticate, the next time we see him is in Lavender Town, which is the like, the essentially the Pokemon graveyard. Um, and it's like, yeah, okay, did I did I just kill his Raticate in the last fight? Oops, I didn't mean to do that. Um, I mean it's just a suggestion. People reading too much into it, etc. So I don't know what that story would be. There is actually something that's worth watching. I believe that all three parts of it are on YouTube uh, called, I think it's Pokemon Origins it's called, and it does tell the story of Red fighting through the, you know, the badges in the Pokemon League, and it truncates it. It does so in a way that's, that it kind of works. I mean, the big, the big thing about the Pokemon anime that I watched when I was a kid was, like, Ash is rubbish. You know, he just he wins. I don't know how he manages to win half the time, but he's rubbish. Like, he's not very good at catching Pokemon. He's not very good at training them. His battles... I mean, he, he gets on with battles, I suppose, depending. 
I mean, Pikachu is as strong as Pokemon, but um, it, so it was good to see like a, a more traditional sort of story with with Red. Uh, but it's it's very truncated, and I feel like the film might turn into that. But at the same time, I would like to see some creative action sequences with fully powered Pokemon just belting each other with their attacks. I think it could be. I mean, the the thing is, like when you sort of saw the, like you said the earlier on about the opening scene, and you're crossing over the town, and you're seeing all the wild Pokemon running free. Someone trying to build up their their perfect Pokemon set, sort of, I don't know, hitchhiking and walking across the 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 landscape collecting Pokemon and stuff might be quite interested, and that would maybe add in elements of people that he discovers or more of a like a journey, uh, a sort of traveler's tale sort yeah. of thing. The friends you meet along the road kind of film, and the end being you know going into the first battle or going into win a minor league or something i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure i always get nervous when folks say cinematic universe now because <laughs> yeah. you know as, as soon as they get one film they then go right okay cinematic universe time you know people have seen this and because they've seen this this means that they want to watch 20 of them and here is the release schedule and you yeah. go oh no that's not what we meant um and i think there's I definitely think they've proved that they, it is technically possible. Yeah. Uh, I think they've proved that they can sort of do the interaction bits, and if they get the character and the story right, I don't see why not. That's yeah. the thing. I do not see why not. I think they could make a fun film out of it. I think they could make an interesting film out of it, as long as you have sort of relatable characters through it, and then you'll be fine. And to be fair, Pokemon does lend itself to the cinematic universe treatment because mm. the world already exists. We've seen it. We've only seen one corner of it. But it doesn't mean that like Tim needs to turn up in the you know no. the indigo the indigo league film. You know what I mean? Because well they talk about how Mewtwo escaped from the Kanto region twenty years ago. Which is obviously a reference to either the cartoon or the original game. Mm. Um you know the original game you're you're working through Kanto and Mewtwo's a fit a, a an escaped experimental Pokemon. So I guess whoever it was, you know, whoever was behind all this in this film caught Mewtwo at some point. Don't know how, but they did it. Well, um, the, the the thing that they seem to say is that Harry found Mewtwo, wasn't it? It was like, because yeah. they said, oh, I, hi- I hired Harry to go out and find Mew. Oh, that's you know. right. Yeah. So so Harry found it. This is, this is the bit I find weird, is why would you then save your capture, uh, your captor? Seems if anything you'd be vengeful, but anyway. <laughs> well, there was that whole thing about I used to think that all humans were terrible, and then I met you. And then and then I met the guy that caught me and took me to this lab. Yeah. <laughs> like, For some okay. reason, that changed my mind. And, yeah. th- and then I was like, no, they definitely are all horrible people. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I guess he did it for money. So uh, I, get, like, I guess in this red film, this hypothetical red film, you um, two is your connective link. Yeah. In that scenario. In terms of what else they could do, I mean, I guess the sky's the limit. Like, what I mean, you could do a, you could do a team, a, a Godfather style Team Rocket movie. I don't <laughs> know. I'm just spitballing here. I mean, you can't get Marlon Brando, but get I don't know, um, the guy that plays Tony Soprano. He's dead, wasn't he? I think he, there's there's lots of, there's lots of fun they can have with it. There's lots of little twists on traditional tales that they could do and just throw Pokemon at it. And if they do it well. 
and they do think about it. I know I've said like the word fro and kind of like making it sound like you can just slapdash it. I don't think you can. Yeah. I think you can, you can find sort of traditional arcs and then apply Pokemon to it and, and work through. Like you say, there's a lot of canon that's already out there that they can take and twist for their, their needs. And I think going down the origins route with Red is probably about the best that they can they can do and tie other stories to that. And I completely agree that you don't necessarily need to drag tons of characters or tons of references to this film. Simply yeah. a, me- a, a mention that Rhyme City exists is yeah, enough or to go under construction or something. Under construction, yeah. if it's a prequel or just a news story or a ticker article or something like that in the bottom of a news article, that's all it needs oh. to be. It does now not. We, now need we to be go to else. the news with Lucy, whatever her name is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You can do anything like that, and it just goes all right. It's in a connected universe, and at yeah. some point down the line, if you want to get them to meet up, you can get them to meet up in some way, but don't build everything based on this. At the end of phase one, all the characters from all the different Pokemon (laughs) movies will come together to fight a larger threat. (laughs) Mew3? Could we get a Mew3? I don't know. Probably already exists. Why not? Mew3, yeah, well, that would be rubbish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I think it's time to bring this to a close. It's been it's been quite a, a nice nostalgic evening discussing this new film and shooting the breeze about Pokemon of old. I've really enjoyed it. I've, you know, I, I did think about trying to marshal a podcast for Pokemon the first movie, but I'm pretty sure it would just be me talking about it, which I hate it. So... <laughs> I mean, a franchise that's built around creatures battling where they learn a lesson that they shouldn't have these creatures battle and then forget that lesson. It's just nonsense. Who decided that that was your plot? It's like, (laughs) let's have them learn a really important world-altering lesson and then forget it. Because because our franchise is built on this. You know? So, uh, what are your closing thoughts on Detective Pikachu? I really enjoyed it for the nostalgia kick alone. Um, like I've said throughout all of this, I think Ryan Reynolds makes a lot of it for me. Um, and getting to see uh, all these Pokemon on the big screen, looking sort of like my my childhood dreams realise is uh, great. Really good. Yeah, the same. Ryan Reynolds was great. The story could have used a bit of work. <laughs> the other characters outside of Tim were cartoon characters. Uh, but it was fun. The Pokemon world was beautifully realised and, and really impressively put together. It made me want to see more of it. It's just what a nice little time at the cinema. It, it does appeal to like all ages, more or less, I think, and on some level. Um, so, yeah. Pikachu, have you seen it? What did you think? Pika, pika. Of course you've not seen it. They don't let Pokemon into the cinema. They're too disruptive. Pokemon-friendly yeah. screening of Pokemon. You can you can go to your bring bring your Pokemon uh, screening now. They, yeah. they do uh, one for uh, take your own uh, dogs at yeah. uh, at ten in the morning, and then if you go to the lunchtime screening, you can bring your own uh, Pokemon. Bring your own Pokemon, which is a real shame when someone brings like Blastoise <laughs> and you're sitting behind them. It's like, can you can you not? I mean, I can't see. <laughs> you put that thing in its ball or something, you know? Like, please, just, I can't see a thing. Uh, Small Pokemon only, please. Yeah. Preferably not the ones that will set the place on fire. None, nice. none, none taller than this. Yeah. <laughs> than this. 
<laughs> yeah, as long as Charmander doesn't rub his tail against the upholstery, uh, we'll, we'll, the place won't catch a light. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. You must snuff out all Charmanders before entering. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. If you snuff out their tail fire, they oh, die. Oh, that's true. That was it, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um, all right, okay. Don't kill your Pokemon before entering. No, please Neil don't. Before, Neil before Pod does not advocate the killing of Pokemon <laughs> simply for Pokemon. viewing cinema. <laughs> yeah, we do advocate the eating of Pokemon for, you know, sustenance. Yeah, some, some of which we believe will be delicious. We look, <laughs> forward, to, we look forward to reading your Pokemon-based recipes on the website. <laughs> <laughs> okay, write the first Pokemon recipe book. Can't believe that doesn't exist. And I want to thank Pikachu for being so well-behaved and chiming in here and there. He's been quiet for a little while. He had a little nap, so... You know, he went for a walk earlier, and now he's, he's all tired. Isn't that right, Pikachu? Yeah, he's all tired. And as so, promised, after this podcast, we're going off to the pub to sit in a beer garden with Pikachu. And, yeah, well, maybe not after this podcast. It's getting quite late. But, you know, some other day, we'll just go and sit with Pikachu in a, in a beer garden. And everyone will look at us funny, because we're talking to something that they can't understand. So there we go. So... Chris, thank you for joining me on this Pokemon journey. Hopefully this isn't the last time we'll talk about Pokemon on the Before Pod. Thank you very much for having me. And I am now going to crawl around in the long grass looking for dinner. So, that was our discussion of Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Thanks to YouTuber Neil Stenson for use of his cover of the Pokemon theme. And thanks to Pikachu for behaving. If you like what you heard, then please do hit that subscribe button on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify or any major podcasting app iTunes users, please leave us a star rating and a comment. If you want to discuss Detective Pikachu, Pokemon in general, or anything else, then you can find us on Facebook or Twitter under Neil Before Blog, or you can leave a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. As always, we hope you'll join us on the next Neil Before Pod.